It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is ContactTalkRadio.com, consciousness in action, and you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time you could say that I'm aging gratefully, mm, aging gratefully. Live from the rolling hills of the beautiful Tennessee Valley, from the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains, across this amazing nation and spanning the universe, you are listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, bringing you exceptional guests and novel information to ensure you age great, live full, and embrace each extraordinary day for the incredible gift it is. Welcome, everyone, to the Aging Gratefully Show. We broadcast every Friday on the CTR Network at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. And welcome to Aging Gratefully, beautiful listeners around the world. I'm so happy you're tuning in to today's Power Hour of Enlightenment. Wow, just so delighted to be here with you at the helm of the Aging Gratefully Mike as we find ourselves already in the month of February. How did that happen? It seems like we were just ringing in the new year together. Time just flies. And speaking of that, before we get too far into today's show, I want to give a shout out to singer, songwriter, oh so talented musician, Jim Beloff who lets us use his amazing song, Aging Gratefully, 
for the Aging Gratefully show. Awesome guy. And if you haven't listened to his appearances on the show, well, I invite you to look them up. He was a guest uh, very early, I think our 10th episode, and you can age gratefully with aging gratefully artist, renowned musician Jim Biloff. And that's a tribute, obviously, to his insane, fantastic ukulele skills. And um, you'll find some other shows there, too. But what I'd like you to do is add Aging Gratefully to your playlist if you don't have it there already. You can find it in Jim's album, Dreams I Left in Pockets, on Amazon Music or iTunes. Fabulous song to center us towards Aging Gratefully every single day of the week, not just when you listen to the show, because I never grow tired of it. The, the song just makes me happy. And there's something else I never grow tired of, and that's the transition from winter into spring. And I can practically feel spring. It's so close. February seems to be that month that springboards us right into spring. There's no wondering when the colder and darker months of winter will be over because we know that there's end in sight for warmer and brighter days, especially because to kick off February, we learned that Punxsutawney Phil had no shadow in sight. So keeping with the 124-year-old legend, this marks the 20th time in recorded history that Punxsutawney has been shadowless, as he apparently communicated in Groundhog Ease to the world that spring would be sprung quicker this year. Although not meteorologist verified, the world still stands by to anticipate Phil's verdict for winter to continue to be or not to be. But Phil is only part of February's magic. February is a special month for so many reasons. Yes, there's the obvious, and we'll get to that one in a moment. There's other things to love about February, the month iconically known to be the month for love. There's lots to love in February. Whether or not you celebrate the most known holiday on the 14th, Valentine's Day, of course, but who couldn't be excited about kicking off February with the first Saturday in February being eat ice cream for breakfast day? Don't let the kids in on that one or you may never get them to embrace a healthy breakfast again. Of course, Punxsutawney Phil's day is on the 2nd, but he shares it with National Tater Tot Day. And the third is National Carrot Cake Day. How can we not love February? From National Pizza Day on the 9th to National Cream Cheese Brownie Day on the 10th. Don't cry, by the way, if you miss celebrating some of these days. Especially because the 10th of February is also Don't Cry Over Spilled Milk Day. Ironically, while Valentine's does fall on the 14th, The same day is also No One Eats Alone Day. The 17th rings in something very special. Random Acts of Kindness Day and the 21st is National Sticky Bun Day. Oh, the loving wonder of February. From Tortilla Day on the 24th to National Chocolate Covered Nut and Clam Chowder Day on the 25th, February undoubtedly delivers on the things we love to love. The 27th brings us National Strawberry Day, and it's followed on the 28th with National Souffle Day. 
I think we'll gain 10 pounds in February. But this is no ordinary February. This is no ordinary month full of the things we love. This February gives us more. This February offers a special gift, a gift greater than any celebration or special sweet treat. This month gives us February 29th. Because this year is a leap year and February blesses us with more time. Wow, how can we not be excited about the wonder this month holds? So much love in the month of February and even an extra day. How many times in life could we have used another day? How many times would we wish for an extra day? This year, you have it. And I want everyone listening, especially because this year, the leap year day falls on a Saturday, to think about the love you feel for yourself, for others, for your blessings and amazing life. And I want you to think about the special ways you can spend this extra gifted day coming up at the end of this month and plan something special that soothes your soul and enriches your heart. Perhaps you will volunteer. Perhaps you will reach out to a friend on that day who you haven't talked to in a while. Perhaps you will set aside special time with your favorite person or plan a picnic at a park or even your own backyard. After all, Punxsutawney Phil says the weather should certainly be in our favor. I am asking each of you on February 29th to do something you will enjoy, something you will love. But back to what makes February infamous, Valentine's Day. It's taken some heat throughout the years, but it's also a hot day for lovers. But Valentine's controversy remains nonetheless. For those who see this day as a day of pressure to step up their adoration for their one true love, or a day to remind them that they still haven't found that special someone, Valentine's Day is hit or miss, depending on who you ask. But while it used to be widely celebrated, the fondness for February 14th fame has waned some over the years. It doesn't help that February 15th rings in Singles Awareness Day. Well, <laughs> I think that awareness is actually taking place the day before on Valentine's. But relationship or not, we don't want February to be strictly about Valentine's Day and this pine sized cute and chubby, bow-wielding, arrow-shooting archer, all in the name of that one true love. We want it to celebrate all love, all love of all kinds. I want every listener to think about all the things they love, the people they love, as you listen to this show. But I don't want you to overlook the most important love, and that is the love that begins with you and the love for you. Which brings us to our Aging Gratefully show dedication to the noun self-love. It means regard for one's own well-being and happiness, and it's chiefly considered a desirable rather than a narcissistic characteristic. And our Aging Gratefully alphabet suit for the psyche, quote, if you're searching for that one person that will change your life, Simply look at the beautiful person in the mirror. Today, we're going to so enjoy uncovering all the beautiful ways to show love, share and embrace love, and to ensure we ourselves are not just feeling loved by others, but radiating it for our own self 
in ways we so very much deserve. Yes, a lot has changed throughout the years, but some things re remain timeless, and that is love. What if we had access to ancient secrets from people of India, those known for living long lives, as well as 5,000-year-old Ayurvedic practices for living a long, healthy, vibrant, and loving life? Today, I've invited back to the show a true sage and influential mentor and a leader about life, love, happiness, and transformational peace that radiates from the inside out. And we are lucky to have this time with her to learn and grow in the spirit of all things love. We welcome back Ashara Shunya, a globally recognized Vedic scholar, best-selling author, and spiritual teacher of non-dual wisdom, she has transformed the lives of thousands through her extensive knowledge of ancient Vedic Sanskrit texts. Moreover, she has used this wisdom to deeply examine her relationship with herself and the world. In doing so, she was able to overcome her own challenges, remove the veils of ignorance, and awaken to a deeper truth and abiding state of peace and contentment. How amazing. I want you to visit her. Uh, her website is asharashunya.com. That's A-C-H-A-R-Y-A-S-H-U-N-Y-A.com. Or vedicaglobal.com, V-E-D-I-K-A, global, I'm sorry, dot org. Um, so welcome back to the show. So excited to have you back in our world. It's truly a privilege. And I'm so delighted to be talking to you again, Holly. Well, so glad that you're here, especially for this topic. You've actually been doing some um, videos on YouTube about the center topic of today's show, which is um, all things love. And that's why we named it that, because there is so much in life um, that we experience that involves love. I really loved your intro about self-love, because I think we human, human beings, uh, we have achieved a lot but we forgot to love ourselves somewhere. And I think it's critical to talk about self-love and to make it a very important part of our personal life mission. And that's why I'm talking about it. And one other reason I'm talking about it, Holly, is because I had given up on myself. And it's no big secret. We all give up on ourselves because that's the message society gives us. And it tells us to love other people and other things before it tells us to love ourselves. Somehow we have to find ourselves to that place like, oops, I forgot to love me. And I think that's the foundation. Unless we love ourselves purely, openly, delicately, deeply, we really can't love another person. It's a lie. Uh, it is true. And they say happiness is an inside job, but love is too, because we can't give away what we don't have. And I think it's so good that you mentioned this because it's so easy to give and kind of empty our tank out on everybody else, but we forget that we need to have that kind of same feeling for ourselves. And what are we emptying out really? Because if we don't know what's love, we're thinking we're loving, but really what we're doing is pleasing, pandering, rescuing, <laughs> seducing, 
and getting emptier. But the ancient wisdom, the Vedas, which um, I was fortunate to receive growing up as a young girl with my guru, who was also my paternal grandfather, I learned that the ancient Vedas, which are universal teachings, they are, they are, they, they, they may, the Hindus may claim it is theirs, but really they are universal. And they say that we are souls who are having a human experience and soul is equal to love. So really when the closer we are to our soulfulness, the closer we are to self-love and the further, the more alienated we are. And we start thinking we're just this body and we belong to this group of people and we have allegiances to this type of person or not that person, but this person. When we get into all that, you know, um, gossip around relationships, we are further and further away. But being true to ourselves, being um, completely embracing our own journey, our darkness and our light and the gray area in between, and really championing our soul's journey in this difficult, confusing planet is really love. And the more we are okay with ourselves, and the more we are, you know, accepting of our oops and our confusions and our stupidness, the more it is love. In fact, this morning, Holly, before I stop, I want to tell you that as a young kid, I there were two birds under my watch. And because I was a kid or a young, very young girl, I, I, one bird died under my watch. And I was so horrified that I threw that bird away and I, you know, and I and forgot all about her. And I buried her in my subconscious. And I felt so horrible that something living and beautiful had died under my watch that I started not liking myself and not loving me, but I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been working with this and working with this. And this morning I thought I was done and it came back again, maybe because I was going to talk about love. But you know what? Uh, there was a part of my voice, me scolding me. And then I went in there and I held that dead bird and that young me all in my one embrace. And I said, it's OK. You are a child and there is a bigger housekeeper and it was meant to be. And, you know, you're going to meet together when you're a spirit. And you love that bird then and you love that bird today. And so I gave myself so much love that I come into this, you know, into this talk with you with self-love, not self-hate, buried secretly inside me. I wonder if this helps our listeners, but I wanted to put it up there. I'm, I'm, I'm like almost in tears. That is I can see it and you've created such a visual picture and it's so it's so beautiful how you were able to through love give yourself the permission of forgiveness and there's so many people that can do that because it's amazing that this little bird that you have felt uh, and carried the responsibility of its loss for so many years and um I think so many people can relate to that because nobody's life is lived without regret, without accidents, without immaturity, uh, where uh, if we had a chance to do it over, we so would. We so would. And, And probably the loss of that young bird 
And the sorrow and guilt I felt has now translated into compassion. Mm-hmm. But how can that compassion only flow towards people who come to me for help? It has to be for myself too, the learning part of me, the, the silly part of me, the irresponsible part of me, you know? Mm-hmm. And it has to be someone who loves me despite all this. Because here I am feeling healthy, talking to you, supported by the whole universe. So if God can love me through my stupidity, why should I stop loving myself? <laughs> no, that's so awesome. And I, I do love that. And so, you know, I think it kind of plays into um, all of, I mean, you're a teacher of the ancient Vedic wisdom, and you've learned so much timeless wisdom um, that I'm so excited you're going to share today. What as it relates to, you know, loving yourself in spite thereof, in spite the mishaps, in spite the things that you would change. What does uh, the Vedic wisdom tell us about that? You know, the Vedic wisdom is really beautiful because it again and again points back towards yourself. But then it says there are gradations to that. And first it talks about love of the other and then it talks about love of the self and it says really love of the self is the foundation of love of the other so don't get don't you know separate them out even if you love the other it should flow from the love of the self so it's talks about three kinds of love and i'll talk about the first two kinds because it relates to how we relate with people Uh and it says that you know the first one is be real You think you love someone, but really they are a tool to something else you love, like they are a road to what you love. For example, you may love a wealthy life, a life of luxury, a life of, you know, grace and, you know, um, beauty. And so you think you love your partner who makes that available for you, okay? But then when that partner loses their job, or, you know, has a loss in stock market, then all the bickering becomes begins and you come up with all your resentment and anger and you're unhappy while you're in that relationship or you're unhappy outside that relationship. But really you think you've lost love, but the reality is that you never really love that person. And so when we know that, it helps us be at least real you know, have real conversations with our own self as to what do I really love? And so then this leads to less blame game and less manipulation and more, more, more truth, you know. And so, for example, I'll give an example that even this is not so bad uh, later. You know, we don't all have to feel guilty because this is the most default way humans love each other. But if we can bring consciousness into it rather than being unconscious it actually helps and I'll give an example I'll come back to it the Veda says go back and try and love your partner or your friend or whoever is in your life that you profess love to not as a tool to something else but as a goal unto them yourself so that way unto themselves so that way If you try and look at that same partner, not for the money they bring you or the luxuries they gift you, but for who they are, for their own vulnerability, their fragility, their innocence, their struggles, you know, the life essence, the common thing between you and them, then what happens is that 
your relationship will thrive through ups and downs and you will continue to give love and experience love. So it's definitely a more stable form of love. And we've seen that. We've seen people who married beautiful men or women, but the man or woman became physically challenged or became really chronically sick and the other partner didn't give up on them. Then there is a third form of love, because even in the second form, which is more evolved, there can be some tiredness or a sense of I'm giving, but I'm not receiving enough. They can, the ego can still creep in. And then this is the beauty of the Vedas. They say, you know what? Uh, and it says um, in Sanskrit, I'll say a few words and not to scare anybody off, but it says it so beautifully. And it says, Atmanastu kamai sarvam priyam bhavati, which means really in this whole wide world, the only thing you really love is your own self. And what if you can find that the self in you is common in all living beings? This is a great, amazing non-dual teaching of the Vedas that we, we may have different bodies, different minds, but the self or the spirit essence, pure consciousness is the same. So Holly, you and I are talking, we have different bodies, different minds, different life experiences, but at a deep, deep level, when we go back to deep, deep sleep and go deep inside, we're really one. I meet you there, you know? Mm -hmm. So if I can love everyone and especially my special people or friends or, you know, even you, as I'm talking to you, I, yeah, I can come closer in that divine love, in that shared self with you. Then I don't have to play games or try to be smarter than you or be wittier than you. I can really flow. Do you see what I mean? Uh -huh. I can really trust you and you can trust. And then my trust in you will elicit your trust in me so it's a whole new paradigm when you take your partner or your child or even your mother-in-law who tends to find fault in you <laughs> oh my as essence of you in them we will become more compassionate kinder spontaneous less deceptive you know more natural and so it says openly it doesn't even make an apology the veda says you love yourself the maximum because self is the worth of loving self is love and what if you can love your partner not for the partner but for the common self that you share in the partner i really love that so now let me just share that when i first met my partner when i was first with my partner i think he was a tool for me to marriage and to you know raising our son and you know and having our animals and that's how we all begin and then i but then once i knew that i want to go beyond i think i now love my partner for who he is despite his uh, some of his mis, you know uh, uh, things that he lacks or he or it's obvious that there are gaps in his ability to be that perfect partner or perfect dad or perfect you know provider but i still love him through his ups and downs and therefore the love flows back to me and now i've taken it to the next level where I'm really seeing, you know, when, I, when I'm talking to him or whatever, I'm really seeing this common spirit that through which we are all different embodiments of the same consciousness. So I'm having an interesting, um, you know, situation here. And even with a bird that, you know, that, um, that died because of me, I sometimes think, 
that, oh, but the self in me, which is immortal, and the self in her is the same. Yes, I neglected a part of me that was a little bird. I killed a part of me. And, and you know, and it's okay, because now I can bring life to that part of me through, you know, helping other animals and beings. And, you know, it's all there. It's a reflection of the same self. So I don't know if I'm getting too ambiguous, but the, when there is separation, there is tendency towards hostility and negativity. And when there is unity, there is a propensity for healing and wholeness and much more compassion, beauty, and okayness. Well, and I think it's so important. Um, you touched on so many, I think, extremely paramount points for living a life in, in such a loving manner. One is that you, the emphasis was we love others like we love ourselves. And I think it's so important that, you know, you talked about the journey um, with your, uh, the person in your life. And, you know, despite what they do, uh, we decide that, okay, you know, I'm going to go ahead and have less blame. I'm going to go ahead and not see all of their faults uh, because I'm, I myself am not perfect either. So I'm going to love others like uh, I love myself in spite thereof. And um, I also think that unfortunate situations can teach us if we're willing to be the student in those situations and grow with it. And this so, so happened with you uh, and this bird that, that, you know, you love so much and that you carry with you. So just so much going on uh, with all of this. Yeah, Holly. And, you know, sometimes there's one more beautiful teaching I'd like to share that, you know, I found the Vedic wisdom that I teach through my school and through my other online efforts. The reason I'm such a promoter and ambassador of it is not because I'm a sentimental traditionalist sticking to something that's coming out of my country, because my body happened to be born in that country. My spirit is universal. But you know, one of the reasons I promote it is so pragmatic. So it says in love, when you're loving someone and it's getting more and more evolved from a tool to a goal to your own self, there might be people who are really misbehaving. And you don't have to like, you know, pretend like everything's okay. You don't have to do a spiritual bypassing and pretend like everything's okay. You might, for example, I'll just take the example of, someone like a friend who you love, but they are, you're doing your best. You've been listening to Holly Kelly's show and Achara Shunya and you're doing your best, but they're still being, you know, um, they're still talking behind your back. They're still not really keeping up their friendship contracts with you. How do you behave with them? How do you really love them? And should you feel guilty if you're not loving them in an evolved manner? Well, the Veda says, no, here are four ways to behave with people who you love. And I'd like to just go through it real quick. The first one in Sanskrit is known as samabhava, which means you're totally flowing, you know, back and forth. There's mutual respect, mutual consideration, mutual sensitivity. And this is great. You know, this is what we want, but we don't always get it. 
sometimes, you know, your partner or your friend is, you know, most of the time okay, but then they behave stupidly and they let you down, you know. At that time, what do you do? You look at the rest of their behavior, you look at their intention, and you realize they were not evil, they're just being ignorant. And then you go into what's called as dana bhava in Sanskrit, which means you forgive them out of generosity or spirit. You accommodate them, you give them more chances, you let it go. You don't nag about it and go on and on about it and make it a big deal because you understand that we are all in a process of finding ourselves and our inner love. We don't know it. We're not there yet. And we are not, you know, you know, we're not all plugged into wisdom and we're going to, you know, blumber about and, you know, be stupid. So then you like forgive them. And it's Idana almost means you're generous with your love. And so you 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 initiate the healing process. The third one is that your friend in like we're using as an example continues to be foolish or stupid or conniving uh, despite your telling them that how this makes you feel. Then you go into what's called as Bheda Bhava. You continue sending them love vibrations, but you're a bit distanced from them. You don't meet them that often. You don't share all your secrets with them. So Bheda literally means strategic distance, physical, but more importantly emotional and because you now recognize that these people need to connect with their own love they need to understand what is love they are definitely worthy of receiving love from you but they are not capable of giving you love so you change your expectations about them and I have many such friends and students and relatives who I have like a strategic distance with I don't I'm not bitter I just have almost like a compassionate distance from them. And the fourth one is you punish them, which is known as Dandabhava. And this is what sets Veda apart from all other spirituality that teaches absolute peace, absolute forgiving. It says sometimes you even have to punish a loved one so that they can understand what is love. And I think that is so beautiful so and that is the fourth and final card for you not the first one we start punishing someone if they showed up late for a date that's not the point (laughs) but it should be the last option and you know I've done that my son when he was growing up I love any mother most mothers love their children to that and I do too and he kept crossing curfew and one day he showed up at like midnight at some faraway place when it was raining and cold in California. And he called my husband to say, pick me up, dad. And I told my husband, you're not going to pick him up. He had to walk in freezing cold at midnight, eight miles to come home. After that, he never, 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 never did that again. Oh, I, you know? think, that he, I think he got it. That was powerful, got right? Got it. Very memorable. And you can... As a mother, how much I loved him because I wanted him to understand that he's being unsafe when he's doing all these things, you know? So I love this pragmatic, almost like practical, mature way of handling love and not some sentimental, foolish, self-sacrificing, codependent, I'm going to rescue you. I'm going to take any, you know, any XYZ from you in the name of love. I didn't get that teaching from the Veda and I don't, and I don't teach that. No. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I'm loving this conversation. I want to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, I was hoping that you could talk to listeners uh, and myself about, there's so many people out there that say, you know, I used to love him, but I just don't feel that way anymore. Uh, So I'm wondering, can love just kind of lose its footing or does it fade away completely? So we'll talk about that on the other side of break. And don't go anywhere because this conversation, all things love, I love it. And I know you do too. Thank you for listening to Aging Gratefully. Remember, we are more than a podcast. We are a weekly global broadcast airing every Friday on the CTR network at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. And if you enjoy our messages on positive aging and inspirational living, please leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you enjoy. We really appreciate those reviews and it helps others discover our show and learn what we're about. Thank you, Aging Rebels, for the messages and emails that you've sent. Actually, some of you sent uh, some messages about the last show that Ashara Jr. was on. So grateful uh, to each of you out there, loyal listeners. And it's because of you and amazing guests like today that Aging Gratefully has been awarded again for 2020, one of the top shows on the planet you should listen and subscribe to on Aging I'm grateful for the opportunity to grow and learn with you each week as we uncover new ways to continue living our best life now. Today, we're honored to be with Ashara Shunya, author of Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom, an expert on ancient secrets from India and 5,000-year-old Ayurvedic practices for living a long, healthy, and vibrant life. What an incredible show we're having. You can learn more about her please go visit her at asharashunya.com. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly, and we'll be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Donald Dansby from Merritt Island, Florida, and I just love listening to the Aging Gratefully show every Friday with the one and only gerontologist Holly Kelly. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. The Ladder Life Planning Institute is the ultimate guidance for life's inevitable destiny and your path to passionate aging and inspirational advanced care planning. LLPI offers tools that educate, inspire, and enlighten. Live vibrantly, plan thoughtfully, age dynamically. Visit LLPI for business and individual consulting services. Professional and keynote speaking, books, workshops, education, webinars, and resources. LLPI is here to transform your ladder life living today. Visit them at LadderLifePlanningInstitute.com. Live extraordinary, age dynamically. Visit LadderLifePlanningInstitute.com.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, I'm Libba Gant from Huntsville, Alabama, and I love listening to the Aging Gratefully show every Friday with gerontologist Holly Kelly. Thank you so much, awesome listeners around the world who are tuning in. Greetings to all throughout our nation of broadcast, the United States. Salutations and gratitude to listeners tuning in from France, Italy, Great Britain, New Zealand, Morocco, Spain, Australia, Germany. Oh my goodness, the list goes on and on. And I actually think our station reaches 170 countries uh, and counting. So I'd be here quite a while to recite all the areas we have amazing listeners in. But just know I'm very grateful how you take in our message and it has such widespread reach. I'm heartwarmed uh, that regardless of our many differences, that we share the common and beautiful desire to age gratefully and grow together in life-enhancing positive directions. You make the world better um, with your the way you rock and the way that you roll model. So thank you so much. Speaking of tuning in, there's so many ways to do it. Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play. Uh, lots of you are actually asking Amazon Alexa to play the show. I saw the stats on that and that's just skyrocketing. Um, but so many other platforms where you can access Aging Gratefully. Uh, You can also visit hollykelly.com and click on any podcast there that you want to listen to. So welcome back to our fabulous conversation. Uh, Today's guest has been a popular one. We're happy to have her back for part two of a discussion that we started in January. Ashara Shunya, author of the awesome book, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom, a complete prescription to optimize your health, prevent disease, and live with vitality and joy. And let me tell you folks, this book delivers on the goods. It's amazing, Uh, so much content um, and just wisdom between the pages. No surprise um, because this is the work she does every day. So visit her at asharashunya.com to learn more. And um, Ashara Shunya, I believe you have a special class going on right now. Is that true? That's right. It is called Alchemy with Ayurveda. Ayurveda literally means the wisdom of life. And I teach in that class, how to have a truly vital body, senses, mind, and spirit, and of course, how can we leave relationships behind. So it's a complete class when people want to be truly, truly vibrant in their entire life. And I call it alchemy because I really feel that alchemically, there has to be the magic of love and mindfulness and soulfulness in it. It can't just be a simple prescription of do this and don't do that, you know. And that's how I am. I I, I taught this class after literally living this life for so many years and finding my own love, finding my own health amidst darkness. So my journey has been darkness to light. That's what this course is about. Okay. So if people want to register for that, um, they can go to asharasunya.com. Absolutely. It's right there. And there are so many more things that I teach that help the mind, help the relationships and they can find me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's meditations on there and everything else. It's a fabulous website, by the way. So 
Um, so many people uh, say that, you know, uh, you know, they call it quits. And a lot of them say that the love just isn't there anymore. My question for you is, what what have you come to know about this thing called love, this elusive thing that everybody wants, but sometimes seems to be lost? Or is that true? So yeah, I'd love it's a great question first. And I want to opine on that. But first, I want to make the premise that let's talk about a relationship which is safe for you to be in. And you are feeling like you don't feel that same love for your partner or your friend or something like that. Yeah, that's a great context, by the way. Yes, we want you to stay in good relationships, not bad ones that are toxic. Yeah, Yeah, once you're in a healthy relationship, you'll feel the ebb and flow of love. And accordingly, you'll feel high or low or, you know, happy or sad. So I want to say that it really helps when you can contemplate on this fact that love is not a finite substance, which, you know, which will lessen by giving or it will lessen if you don't receive it. Love is an infinite miracle, an infinite substance that is what your soul brings in when it takes an avatar, when it takes form in a human body, okay? And this, because the same soul enters dogs and cats and birds, that's why you get infinite love from your pets. You know, they don't keep a list on, mom, you came late last night, I love you less now. Or you didn't call me and tell me you're running late, so I love you less now. They just love you. Their gaze is so loving. And that's why little babies too, until they know they are white and brown or black or green, whatever color they are, they are loving everything and everyone because they are part of that soul set up with its infinite love. That's how it is. But and gradually, I, I just want to interrupt. I, I want to interrupt because that was one of my questions. Do you believe yeah. that we are born loving beings, or is it taught? A hundred percent, and we are not sinners. We can goof up. Uh-huh. Okay. All <laughs> right. We're not sinners. And sin, actually, sin has been described in the Vedas. And the biggest sin is not loving yourself, forgetting oh. yourself, not wow. honoring yourself. There is a Sanskrit word called Atmanivedanam, means worshiping yourself. It's crazy. And do you know that in most, even in India today, most people have forgotten the Vedas. The popular religion of Hinduism is about loving, you know, some form of God, but it's not going back to yourself. That's why I, in the 21st century, have become an ambassador of the original teachings of the Vedas, which are like crazy, crazily liberating and freeing and just, you know, they make you euphoric and filled with self-love and then it overflows and goes everywhere. So if you're in a safe relationship, it's a healthy relationship, you feel the ebb and flow, ebb and, you know, rise and drop of love. It's because you have subscribed into this thing that somehow, you know, you are less in love. But the reality is that you have infinite love. So that's number one. And number two, the law of the Vedas is extend a loving gesture, speech, or action first. Don't just wait to be rescued in love. A lot of the times we wait to be shown love by our partner, our committed partners or friends. Show love. And once I got that, you know, I started spoiling everybody in my life, you know, (laughs) spoiling them as in I started extending my love. 
I'm oceaning like a river. Then what happens is, of course, in safe relationships. And then what happens is as I'm flowing, that love, because it's connected to the person's soul, it toggles their soul, not their ego. And because this, this is, and because I'm loving myself and it's overflowing to them, you know, it ignites their memory that they are souls. And they start smiling and they start doing gestures for me. And before you know it, you're in a positive web of love rather than a negative, constrained, limited, exhausted, lonely space of nobody loves me. So I'm not going to show anybody my love. I won't even smile. I will never pick up a phone and tell anybody how important they are. And we get into this strange place. But it's the ego. But if you're flowing love, every day is a way to show love. When I go to my garden and, you know, I actually don't just, you know, use an automatic hose. I actually hose every plant and talk to it in my garden. And it's blossoming around the year. You know, it's my way to extend love to my own self in all these plant bodies. When I meet my students, I'm not doing them a favor. I'm When I'm sitting with them in satsang or what is known as a spiritual class, I'm extending love and I receive love. So it's a state of mind where you think it's the substance and you got to have a bank account. And if you're giving and you're not receiving, you know, you're coming from that finite mindset or love set. If you come from an infinite love set, you flow it first. You're willing to do that. You keep flowing it you will find that it's coming back exponentialized and stop keeping tiny lists of he did that or she did that. A state of love can be much more accommodating and bigger and it pulls up people rather than punishes them for not you know, showing you love. My husband is a man of fewer words. I'm a woman who writes, who speaks, who teaches. So I'm clearly gifted with speech. My husband, I found out very early that my ego felt dissatisfied. Oh my God, I'd love to have a husband who can have this long conversation on the Vedas with me over tea. Well, no, I'm going to have to have to talk to Holly Kelly about this. Okay. <laughs> my husband shows his love by cooking for me, you know? Mm-hmm. by making sure that I have a hot water bottle if I need one because I was born with a genetic condition that sometimes flares up. Of course, everything I do, you know, helps me walk. Otherwise, people with my condition are in wheelchairs. I run, I walk. He'll do that extra caring without words. And once I've accepted him as he is, I flow him love. He flows his love. So I'm well fed and he's and he hears wonderful things from me. It's so beautiful. And you know, we are all about love on the Aging Gratefully show. And this is the listener show because we love them and um, certainly love having you as part of it. So I, I just think what you've said, the magnitude of it is so important. And we've said it before on the show, how it just really is paramount that we meet people where they're at in life. And that means in love too. Uh, so I, I'm just really glad that you said that. And our time uh, goes so quickly. So there, I want to ask you about Valentine's. It's a stressful time for some. Uh, it's a time for, you know, incredible romance for others. But what do you say to people that are struggling uh, with this holiday and maybe feel unloved, feel that they're never going to find somebody uh, that they can journey in life with? Not just Valentine's Day, we can feel unhappy and stressed every day as long as we think love lives outside us. Mm. And it has to be 
demonstrated to us by someone of a certain sexual, you know, type or body or whatever. But if love is up to you, then even if I'm alone, I feel loved. When I'm with my partner, I'm in love. Sooner or later, death will separate us. At that time also, I will feel loved because love is a state of your own being. Go ahead and embrace your own self and be grateful for every plant that's growing in love for you. Be grateful for the sun that is shining in love just for you. Be grateful for the aroma that rose in the backyard just for you. There is too much love. You can't deny it. It's a mental thing mm. to go sit honor because you didn't have a date tonight you know have a date with yourself I lead a very quiet life I barely see people maybe two or three times a month when they come for classes but otherwise I just live alone my husband works long hours my son is working I just am totally having a blast let me tell you that <laughs> <laughs> I love that and some people so require a lot of alone time and that is um, how they love and are able to give and they feel love in all of that aloneness because love is them and love is everything around them. Thank you. That's so well said, so well said. And, and, and so we need to maybe hear this talk show again and again until some part of us feels okay, you know, and, and feel your heart chakra, the heart area expand First, to love every every cell of your body, send love, and then send love to your friends, then to your enemies and critics, and then to the whole world, and see how it comes back to you in so many ways. Mm. So the modern era has definitely changed uh, over uh, the last, I, I would say, the 5,000-year um, teachings that, of course, you are an expert on, in sharing. So... What are the obstacles that people are facing today? I think the over, um, it's the despiritualization of love and the over materialization of love as in a, 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 a Hallmark card or a date or a chocolate box, you know, mm -hmm. which is all fine. But I think ultimately love is connected to your spirit. So that's one obstacle. There need to be more conversations on love and how we are love and how we deserve to flow love to ourselves, even if we, you know, kill birds or kill humans. Every criminal deserves to love themselves and love themselves out of their criminal mentality. Uh, the Vedas are amazing. They say that there is a beautiful story in the Vedas where a saint thought he's a saint, but actually he got to learn from a prostitute. So the prostitute was a real saint. <laughs> wow. wow. Doesn't matter you know, what's going on outside your life. It's really who you are inside and how much you care for yourself and value this human body and value what you have and even value what you don't have. Because if you look carefully, it is what you don't have is where you are being shown how you can reinvent yourself or rediscover yourself. For example, I lost my mother when I was really young. Then I lost my sister as I grew older. So my only sibling. So I realized, and, and I lost a lot of people I loved, you know, pretty much 
in two and a half years when I was young, a two and a half year period, I, there were three deaths in my family. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that, you know, I'm alone. And for a while there, I felt lonely and sorrowful and jealous of people who had big family groups and they were picnicking or having fun. But gradually, as I contemplated more, as I had an inner life and I contemplated on the truth of the Vedas, I realized that the universal power that's orchestrating everything couldn't be stupid to keep me alone or, you know, without biological family members to love and adore. And I realized that maybe I'm supposed to make the world my family. Mm. And now my aloneness has become spiritual solitude. And instead of feeling lonely, I have... I have but to, I am surrounded by people all over the world who love me, who would who would wait to receive me at the airport if I showed up in their country, take me to their home, feed me, love me like a sister would or like mm-hmm. a mother would, you know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, many times we see the gap and we keep thinking, I don't have love, I don't have a partner, I don't have friends, I don't have it. And, and then we get all like, we, we stop loving ourselves because we think we're unworthy now. But if we keep flowing love to ourselves, then we go shopping, we buy clothes for ourselves, we decorate our home, we, you know, take a massage. Before long, we're walking down the street, we're singing a song, we are smiling, we're attracting more friends. It's just the whole thing becomes positive because you dare to love yourself even when nobody told you you're lovable. That's the bottom line. And, you know, just so many uh, beautiful things that have been uh, shared, just great depth of today's show. And uh, just a a minute or two left in the show. Is there anything that you feel is so important that you want to leave it with listeners? I want you to, no matter whether you are a spiritual person, an atheist or agnostic, it doesn't matter. But there you cannot deny that there is an intelligence orchestrating this world. There is pure consciousness, awareness, intelligence. Be aware of that. Look around how much intelligence and love and care has gone into one basic, you know, cacti growing in a pot or a rose bush or, you know, an apple tree. Then you too have been crafted very carefully with love and your whole life has been designed with love. Don't look at it with eyes of arithmetic plus or minus. Look at it with divine eyes and find how much love has gone into orchestrating your life and its gaps and try to fill that with your own infinite love. Be more patient, more gratitude and more self-accepting. That will make you more other accepting. And remember that you come with love, you can live in love if you want, and you go back to love. Love is the truth, and that is why love is God. That's all I want to say, Holly. So beautiful. So I know you've answered this question before, and we know a little bit uh, about how you age gratefully, definitely with a huge dose of love. Uh, But how do you age gratefully? I age gratefully by showing myself love. And I use the Vedic science or the Vedic science of healing and health known as Ayurveda and yoga to pamper my body. So I get up in the morning and I warm oil and I self-massage myself or I drink hot water and I add turmeric to it to detoxify my body. And so I really like value my body. I value my mind so I don't um, let it be influenced by bad movies or, you know, or or unconscious, you know, 
conversations. I'm very picky and choosy. Uh, Holly, I'm traveling through this planet, you know, first class. Uh-huh. That's, That's awesome. That's awesome. And it's so important to um, have personal boundaries so that we don't expose ourselves. I know so many people um, get a negative feeling because of the things that they uh, perhaps, you know, look at um, or participate in or the people that they're around are negative and then they feel negative. So um, I think it's so important that you talked about that, about being so selective uh, and living living and going through this life in first class. I love it. Thank you so much for being our guest again. You're welcome back to the show anytime. And we just love uh, all of the wisdom that you share. Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome. You've been listening to Aging Gratefully. I'm your host, gerontologist Holly Kelly. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you've enjoyed our message, I invite you to subscribe and share it with others. May you remember to never act your age and that age is just a number. And may you enjoy and embrace the coming week in the spirit of gratitude. Until we meet again, here's to living your best life now. I used to think time was my enemy. My future wasn't looking good. So worried about the things I couldn't see I couldn't see the things I could I was aging fearfully Worrying my life away When all along I should have been Thankful for every day Finally made a friend of time Now you could say that I'm Aging gratefully, mm-hmm. aging gratefully. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.